All right. Good day. Good evening. Welcome back to the Live the Fuel Show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm uh, getting to know a new guest co-host like I always do. And as usual, before I started hitting recording, we started rapping and uh, it was like five, 10 minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> let's go ahead and jump right in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm bringing on a new guest co-host today and we might be leaning a little heavily on health. And I'm going to go with lifestyle because we talk about health, business, and lifestyle all the time. It's something I'm passionate about. That's why I launched the brand and the show. Because without your health, without a, a balanced lifestyle, you truly cannot succeed in business or anything else you might be focusing on. And uh, this young lady might understand what we're talking about because she's a person who lives with something that a lot of us have, hopefully lucky enough, have not had to deal with. But unfortunately, many of us have had to deal with it because it's happened to people in our families. It's happened to people we're friends with, uh, me specifically, friends, families, uh, charities I've worked with, you name it. Uh, we're talking about cancer today, and she's got one heck of a backstory. She was diagnosed in her 40s uh, when her doctor first told her. So, And it's pretty bad when a doctor who you trust, by the way, throws out there, hey, why don't you just go ahead and uh, get your affairs in order? and Just die already. Just die. Right. It's like, that's what I'm saying. We're going to jump right in here. So without further ado, this woman <laughs> has one heck of a story, and we're going to get to know her together. Vicki Sarkin. Welcome. Hi. Hello, everybody. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I, I, you have a bigger bio, right? But I was like, the, the, yeah. the biggest thing that stood out to me when I did all the research in the back end and my team sent this right. over, I was like, that was the line. I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. run on at the mouth with this huge bio. I can't stand it when I see professionals say stuff like that. So I believe in mind over matter, mind over the physical being and stuff like that as being a health nut. 100%. So I figured, what a better way to start the show on something that you're a trusted health professional just goes and slaps right in your face with that. So yeah, how do you want well, to get going off of that note? <laughs> well, you know, the interesting thing was it was the first time I had met him as well. That's lovely. Had, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, and it's, it's, um, I don't have multiple experiences with cancer. It had never touched my life as it touches so many others. Okay. So after I went through like all these, you know, months of grueling tests, I finally get to the Mecca. I get to the man, the guy that's going to tell me, you know, what's what's up, you know, how are we going to fix this? And um, and that's what I got in response. You know, he said, I'll tell you, I got I got to know (laughs) how long into the session or the meeting. I mean, it was the one. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it's not one of the typical MD visits where they've got that stopwatch rolling and like you know, it's every nine, ten minutes they got to move on to the next patient. I'm hoping it lasted a little bit longer than ten minutes before he drops that bomb on you. Nah, not so much. It, but it didn't last much more than that. No, oh, no, he did get right down to it. But you know, it's interesting. What I say in my book is that he was sort of going on and on and rambling at first. And again, not knowing a lot about cancer, I was listening to him and I likened him in my book to the Peanuts teacher from the Peanuts show. The wah, and all wah, I wah. Heard, that's all I heard. Wah, 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 wah. And then all of a sudden he's like, I've consulted with all of my colleagues and we agree you need to go home and get your affairs in order. And I was like, what? So you were clearly I, at a cancer specialty campus I facility. Was, I was at Johns Hopkins. Oh, I was in, okay. the, in, the operatory, in the medical operatory. Yeah. JH is not a small organization. I mean, no. Oh, wow. No. no, but they've got bills to pay too. 
Yeah, right? I, you know, usually it's I let, wait till later in the show. I'm going to go jump right in here. I am yeah. the one.com people. Let's just get this right in earlier in the show because you got to jump in, pause the show, go into I, little, letter I, am the one.com, the book she's talking about. Okay. it's That's her site uh, for the video watchers. There she is. There's Vicky. Okay, and I mean, so seriously, you're at Johns Hopkins. They, I love how they, they talk to all my colleagues, right? Like, did you? Yeah, like, really? Was there a panel? Did, did you go to the panel? <laughs> well, I kind of was incensed by that. And I said to you, I flew across the room, grabbed him by his neck. Ooh, like I like the your style. Cop, like the shirt cop. And I pulled him in really close. Swear to God, real tr- true story. I'm, di- I'm and digging I it. And I said, you tell me about all these colleagues, but you never consulted me. Yeah. What about what I want? What about what I think? And of course, you know, I went on and on and on from there. But when I realized that my hands were around someone's neck, I flew back thinking, oh, gosh, now security is going to be called. And it was really, really quiet. Okay. So the rambling all of a sudden stopped (laughs) and it got really, really quiet. And then for the first time, he looked at me. So you you literally shook him. Out yeah. of his robotic demeanor of, unfortunately, yeah. that assembly line level of medical care, yeah. which drives me nuts. So I'm, I'm glad where yeah. we're going with this. So you, you have to shake him, literally shake him out of that to get personal I did, with you. you now, I know you're going to think that I'm crazy because now I'm going to turn around just a little bit and stick up for him just a little bit. Oh, no, I, and I respect I'm, it. And, I, and I'm going to say this why, because all these years later, looking back on that day, that incident, I know that... You know, we started by saying that cancer is a business and we don't like to think that it is a business, but we live in today's world where we must be realistic. And if you're fighting for your life, you have to know all your, I don't want to say enemies, but you need to know your obstacles. All the facets of that circle of influence. Yes, yes. yes. And that business issue becomes an obstacle when it's standing in your way with life. So, you know, you, you're my job as the patient was to be my own advocate. Well, I think let's pause on that no one note right there. You. Let's pause on that note. The patient's advocate yeah. is ourself. I brought yes. this up all the time. Uh, I mean, I accidentally collapsed a lung what, a year or two ago. Oh, wow. Uh, thanks to me being a tall, lean endurance athlete. Apparently that's a thing. You can get a spontaneous yeah. pneumothorax, not cancer, mind I'm you. Ask you, but I was going to say, are you a runner or something? Yeah, I, 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 and I didn't, I didn't know I had it for like two weeks. I just couldn't figure out why I was doing these CrossFit competitions one weekend. And I, by the fourth workout, I'm like, why, why still I can't catch my breath? I'm on the floor. And oh. everybody's telling me to go get x-rays and stuff. I'm like, ah, I'm fine. I think I just have a chest cold. You know, there's, there's a whole other podcast about that. <laughs> yes, there is. But they're like, we need to rush you to the hospital for this, that, and the other thing, yada, yada, yada. Now, granted, I probably should have listened to some of that. Um yeah, maybe. But they wanted to rush right into surgery. Well, then I found out that you can try yeah. and heal these. They're called blebs. Like you, ba- I basically right. popped a blister on the surface along and released the air and self-collapsed my lung. So like they right. said, well, if it's minor enough, over a couple of days of being on a chest tube, those things will heal up and you might be fine. So we went for that. So I had to be my own advocate and say, right. I don't enjoy being sliced and diced. I've had right. it happen on my shoulder. You know, it's okay. But like, let's... Let's do some research and let's figure yeah. that out. Let's not rush right into things. That's part of that advocacy, right? 
It, well, it is. And, you know, I feel like you, I thought you were going to go with the fact that, you sh- uh, you know, patients shouldn't have to be their own a- advocates. There should be someone there to be an advocate for. But the f- the thing is, no one when your life is on the line, no one's going to advocate for you better than you. Yes. And don't put your hands in somebody else's hands. Well, the second Not part of that, that situation. the second part that I love you're standing for here is part of that other advocacy that I was always doing every day while I was in the hospital, uh, which I eventually did do the robotic surgery because it was a significant leakage. It can heal, but right. you. And I had a wedding coming group. up in yeah. six weeks, <laughs> so oh, we were yeah, supposed to do heli skiing in the Canadian Rockies. We're a bit of adrenaline junkies. My wife's like. Yeah, uh, we have a I wedding plan, so you better fix that. And I was like, okay. I was like, let's go ahead and do the surgery. So, But the point here is I'm a health nut. And mm-hmm. not to take you off of the cancer subject, but this actually has been already documented and proven by many medical experts on my show that uh, removing things like sugars and grains from your lifestyle are inflammatory triggers to a lot of diseases and cancer. And so, obviously, I did one, not eat one, right? one thing out from the hospital except scrambled eggs i was making my wife bring my own nutrition in every single day because i know too much and i've taken accountability for that so besides advocacy i like to call it self-accountability but it's like guys unfortunately i'm not picking on healthcare and medical care i'm just saying unfortunately the dietary programs that they're told to follow that they don't know any better from are actually hurting people so that's a whole different podcast we're gonna get back on track here but it's back to that advocacy that self-awareness is don't be afraid to own your shit, I guess, right? right? right. So, right. so please continue. I figured you, should, you and I should align on that theme there. No, because- I'm, I'm wholeheartedly aligned with you. I, yeah. I understand um, where you were going with that. You know, um, do you know that women's health care today has been cut back so severely mm. that we don't get any of the same um, procedures afforded to us even as much as five years ago. Really? Even with the expanded exposure and all the uh, oh, athletic events and fundraising events for like, again, you had metastatic. Uh, uh, metastatic. Thank cancer. you. Metastatic. It's always a fun word. Metastatic cancer. Yeah, that's okay. Stage four. Okay. Yeah. Like Still I had my, my recent, uh, one of my second largest, uh, second or third largest client, uh, Vinny Tortorich, he's the guy who owns the trademark NSNG, no sugar, no grains. He's pretty viral online, been in the mm-hmm. health and fitness world for decades. Uh, mm-hmm. He's the one that really influenced me launching the podcast and everything else. I've been on history, but my show. anyway, but he's brought on so many cancer doctors and he, he himself beat stage four leukemia. And he was an ultra athlete. He was the okay. secret trainer to the stars out in LA. He was the epitome of health and fitness and he still got it. Uh, yeah. But he himself is aligned with what you're saying. Unfortunately, men versus women, or whatever we're having to call that nowadays, different podcasts, but it's like, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, biologically, men, women are not getting the same, as you said, procedures and support systems, which blows my mind because breast cancer awareness has yes. exploded over decades. And yet yeah, to this day in all- 2022, it's still not the same level of support infrastructure. And more people are dying today than they were 10 years ago of breast cancer. Yeah. We've slid backwards. Which shows that- You know, our government doesn't care about women in health. Our care has not improved. I agree with that. It has- No. It has gone down. No, it's gotten worse. Yes, yes. I align with that 100%. It's not not only improved, it's gotten worse. I can tell you that 
what, as, as much as probably five years ago, I think mammograms were paid for between the age of 35 and 40. Now they're only paid for at 55. You were getting pap, uh, pap smears every year. Now you can only get them every two years. Well, there's no profit I, in it. I, yes, exactly. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And these are everyday preventative medicine um, procedures that will save insurance companies millions of dollars. My, my client's uh, office manager last week, uh, she was, we were just, it was on a Friday and she was, I was like, Oh, what do you got? What do you got to plan before the weekend? She's like, well, I'm taking a half day day. I got to get my breast squeezed. I was like, what? I was like, and I literally, I already knew what she was talking about, but I was like, Oh, right. you're going for a mammogram. Uh, right. And she's like, Oh, how'd you get that so fast? I'm like, mm-hmm. I follow this world. I do. I was like, right. I kind of had a hint and I know she's getting older and I was like, oh, okay, but she's younger than me. Uh, mm-hmm. but I said, Oh, okay. She's like, yeah, I mean, she's like, got to pay for it nowadays. And I was like, what? Because I, mm-hmm. I even I didn't know. So it's funny you're saying this. I was like, oh, what? what? For her. I love her. Because my wife is five years younger than me. I'll, yeah. I'll be 45 next month. She, mm-hmm. she just turned 40 in May. Baby. My wife <laughs> is a successful equine horse veterinary doctor. She's right. a doctor of, of, of chiropractic care for animals. Her entire practice is women. Their health insurance doubled last year and i was like but you guys are all healthy people what did you do to trigger that mm-hmm. nothing and oh, again there and, she, and my wife my wife yeah. confirmed it she's got to pay for her for mammograms i was like that's not included mm-hmm. it's like huh yeah it's interesting it's crazy right right but at least these women are paying for them and for a hundred dollars you can pay for an ovarian screening too the yes. problem is nobody tells you this okay this information is not out there especially the ovarian screening for a hundred dollars you you realize how many women are dying of ovarian oh, cancer. ovarian cancer i do know that that i don't know the numbers it's very progressive it's very quick it's aggressive and if you catch it early you can 100 percent so is that the is that a common that's the common what deductible you want to call it like because obviously the test is more than a hundred dollars in the medical world they got to make money somehow or somehow there's probably right a they rate charge a hundred yeah the deductible. I'll pay a hundred bucks out of pocket to know what my internal organ is doing or has what is being hap- done to it so right like the doctors the 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 OBs the gynecologists the 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 internists they're not telling women so women are going in okay and because I have a um. I don't want to get too off track, but I have a, a, a set another organization because ultimately my passion is women in healthcare. Sure. I've written a book. I've done all the things that I've done. I've educated um, the community all so that my end result is to help women in healthcare. So I have this um, organization called Lunch for Healthcare. Get the play on words. I Lunch like that. Uh... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much. Thoughts so you might like. As that. a marketing guy, I do appreciate a good little <laughs> sling on words there. Well thank done. You. Well I was, done. I was, thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you. Um, anyway, so um, the purpose of the sole purpose of lunch for healthcare is I'm starting off very small. I'm suggesting two things, okay? And with these two things comes growth. One, we advocate women to tap into their instincts when it comes to their own personal health care. Listen to our bodies, ladies. Listen to our bodies. And number two, we ask doctors, listen first, diagnose second. Five minutes, walk in the room and listen 
to what we have to say, what our real health issues are, and then we go into the diagnosis. So just two things. And with those two simple things, my feeling is we can take all that preventative money that we've saved dollars and dollars and dollars because there's less pill popping, let's face it, less cutting, less medical procedures. Mm -hmm. All this preventative medicine is saving so much dollars in insurance money. So we go to the insurance companies and we say, hey, guys, we're not asking for anything. We're just taking back what we already gave you because we just saved you preventative millions of dollars. So can we just have back what you took? That's all I'm asking first. You grow from there. You grow from there. So then you appeal to Congress. Okay, so you go to your insurance companies and you go to Congress, you go to Congress for the laws, you go to your insurance companies to make real immediate change. And you do that all with changing two small things. Listen, first, diagnose second, tap into your um, to your own personal health. I fully align with this because for years now, I've had great health influencers on this show and I myself have taken that stand where it's become like a rubber stamp style checklist system. Like, oh, you have this symptom, so I give you this drug and you go on your merry way or this procedure or the slice and dice. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. And I love how, what's the term? Traditional healthcare. I love traditional healthcare, right? So- yeah. Because yeah. I was like, okay, so and me, a heavy, I'm a health that's man. A loaded word. I don't go to the MD unless yeah. I need blood work done. Or I want, I proactively, I want yeah. blood work done. Mm-hmm. Now, I get some light blood work every eight weeks because I donate blood. I'm, my wife and I are big blood donors. It's great to have a quick, free little checkup, by the way. You get a very light, you know, analysis on your blood. Anyway, but okay. that aside, I'm like, okay, I'm a nutball, right? Every single month. I, I get a regular massage and I go see a chiropractor. Whether you believe in chiropractic care or not, that is the extent of my, quote, health care. I don't go right. to an MD unless I collapse a lung, <laughs> slice open a and leg. And then you don't even go. Well, you know, sooner or later. You know, I admit to that. I'm a jackass. But it's like, you know, it's like, that's like, you shouldn't be going to the MD in my experience. And again, I'm not, the, I'm not a doctor, right? So you hear this as you see fit people, but it's like, I don't need it. So why right. go? Because they're just going to give me a drug, right? So that's Well, how- but not all are the same. Yes, you know what? I agree with let's, that. Let's not put all medical um, physicians, True. all medical personnel, let's not put them all in one, in one box because they are absolutely not all the same. There are different crayons, mm-hmm. colors in every box as there are in the medical community. So I want to make that clear that I'm not saying that all medical personnel are like that. It is not like that, actually. In fact, I, I have an internist yeah. that gives me his home phone number. Yeah. And I have a question. I just text him. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> and like, then I don't have to go in, like you said. It's like uh, Vinny, like I talked about. Like Vinny Twitter has brought on way more health influencers than I have. He's been podcasting for nine years now. But mm. a lot of the people, because he's Mr. NSNG, no sugar, no grains, right? So he brings on right. experts right. from the heart disease world, the uh, cancer world, the uh, the diabetic world. My own dad became type 2 diabetic. And hello, we grew up on a farm, people. Like, I was like, we were healthy. Like, I lived the way I grew up. None of my, no one else in my family does that. And they're all obese. They all got issues. And I'm like, we all looked like me when I was a kid. Hello. I'm just doing what daddy taught me when I was a kid. And dad no longer does what he taught me whole right. other podcast but the point is your point 
you know, then he helped me learn about these doctors that, and then I bring them on my show too, because I'm like, oh, more people to know that there are doctors who have realized, wait a minute, we're following some broken protocols, we're some broken mm-hmm. systems. You know, the, the, the good old, for example, quote, standard American diet was false, right? All these things. So find the professionals, get the second, third, or fourth opinion till you find the professional, to your point, who is the different color crayon in the box that does care to do their own analysis, their own research, right? Dig deeper into the symptom or whatever angle we're going with here. I love that point because it is true. They do exist. (laughs) Yes, they do. They do. And I've met lots of them and I've met a lot. I mean, I left in the middle of the night after my mammogram in a hospital gown flying open as my mother and my husband wheeled me down the hall running for our lives. Cause you're like, okay, I can't trust this institution or this doctor. At least I gotta exactly. go. Exactly. And yeah. we went yeah. to a hotel and we healed me. Okay. Until I was able to drive the two hours home. Okay. You know, you, you'll get a lot of bad ones, but you get a lot of good ones too. And the idea is to recognize what it is that you need, what's best for you and pull from them what you most want to pull from them. So lead the conversation. That's why I say, listen first, diagnose second. So simple. Well, I love with this because, and I'm gonna be perfectly transparent and honest. I try and always read the books of my authors that come on the show. I have your book. I just haven't been able to consume it yet because I, before we hit record today, I just said like, I've been traveling the past three, four days. I launched right. my own book last year. I had book tours for that. I was like, mm-hmm. I'll, get, I'll admit it. It's not an excuse. It's just, hey, I myself can't wait to dig through the rest of the book. I did some light skims, you know, the typical thing. But I'm still, it's on my now con- consumption list. That's why I was like, you know what? Go ahead and bring her on. Uh, the, the team that got you connected, I love what they do. And I'm like, guys, get her on here because anything relating to cancer or these supposed, you know, life ending diseases. I love to talk to people like you because, okay. Is it life ending? Is it that final checkbox? You're proving that it's not. But they, they tell me I'm the only one. Hmm. With my particular form of, that's why it's with my aggressive form of cancer, which I think And bear in mind, this is 12 years into it. How nuts is it that there are not tons of women shoulder to shoulder standing beside me? I mean, how is it that I'm the only one? And let me tell you, I had to fight City Hall to get the types of treatments that I thought that I needed in order to get the next step further in my health care. What does City Hall have to do with it? I insisted I use that as a saying. But oh, okay, I, I was just saying. You know, like, I mean, it wouldn't not, surprise me. But, <laughs> but government, the 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 medical community, um, they, you know, the insurance company denied me five times. Oh, to get advanced testing and advanced procedures. Or- no, just to get my radiation treatment. What? Because they called it experimental, but. Meanwhile, it had been it had been around for years and years. It's just that they didn't use it in the way that I wanted it to be used for me. And to till today, it hasn't been used. Well, you and I are way. aligning on that statement because, again, I'm, I, Vinny and other people I'm connected with, we're always talking about, for example, I live a very, people can live, their, whatever, you do you, I tell people to do that, right? But I'm a very big carnivore keto lifestyle, all right? I'm strong yeah. and I'm lean and I'm healthy and I have no issues. And right. 
But like the term keto became a branded thing. But if you went far enough back in history, the ketogenic lifestyle, they call it now, was a form of therapy uh, to help heal and cure brain health issues that triggered massive grandma seizures in children and everything else. It's in the textbooks. It was proven to work. Um, Remember the old 80s uh, comedy movie Airplane? Uh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, the yeah. current generation might hear this and they'll be like, what? So uh, yeah. go watch it. It's funny. Well, everyone should go watch it. Right, it's a like classic. Airplane one, airplane so two, airplane That three. director, his son, suffered mm-hmm. from 20, 30, 40 grandma seizures a day since birth. Mm-hmm. Like, it was crazy. And they were ready to cut into his baby's head, his toddler's head. And then he mm-hmm. he like he went to the like the library at the medical practice. It's in the whole backstory. He started Charlie Foundation, and mm-hmm. uh, they, he's like, "Wait, a minute, what's this keto thing? The ketogenic thing? Like, oh yeah, it's a nutritional lifestyle thing. It could possibly help, you know, fix this. Maybe not hundred percent cure it, but like severely reduce it." He's like, "Well, that's what we're trying to do. So why don't we do that?" They're like, "Well, mm-hmm. because at this point we think surgery is the answer." And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, before you give my baby, my toddler." brain surgery yeah could we at least consider trying something that was supposedly proven decades ago and that was considered Ooh, i don't know he's like hold on you'd rather go with a surgical procedure and pump full of drugs than consider a nutritional change that might possibly work it's not worth at least trying that it's stuff like this that blows my mind i love podcasting about because i was like huh um Back, yeah. back to advocacy, right? So his well, father was had, smart enough to take a stand. For his child, yeah. 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 Um, you know, um, and there's stories like this all the time. But you had to you fight know, to get your own chemo? Or, or what, I, experimental yeah, radiation? I had to fight for everything. You have to understand, I, I still get chemo. Was it because you were stage getting four? getting it for 12 years, yes. And they, they didn't want to waste it on you? Or, or yes. part, pardon that term. I mean, but, yes, yeah, that's exactly what it was. They're like, oh, we, we already confirmed that you should go home and get your affairs in order, so you don't deserve. Yes. You, don't, you don't get this, right? Because let's figure. Let's look at it this way. If it's like what we're back to the the beginning of what we discussed. Let's say they're a business and they've got ten thousand dollars to spend. Okay, mm-hmm. obviously that's you know severely small amount. Oh, yeah. But you understand what I'm saying. So you say we they've got these this ten thousand to to spend, and there's 10 people standing in front of him, all sick with various stages. Mm-hmm. So the money's not going to be, it's not going to help 10 people. Right. It's going to help five. So which five are, are, are they, are they going to let die? Stage one and through two versus stages three through four. Right. I mean, exactly. I'm not even a doctor, but I'm like, yeah. But the, but the, the thing is, um, statistically speaking, if you have breast cancer at stage one or stage two, the statistics are very high of it coming back unless you do the keto diet and some of the other things um, yeah, to, you- to look at your long-term life. So it's going to come back. It's a very high probability. And I'm, you know, Which I love I'm you brought that point up because it, people forget but- that the drug is not a 100% guarantee solution. We still no. have the responsibility to do these other healthy lifestyle fixes Right. To maintain the long-term goal of livelihood, like health. Right. You know, and like, then you get somebody like me that, you know, I'm restricted with this. I'm restricted with that. I'm restricted with this. You know, I can deal with the restrictions. I'll just you take whatever corner you can grab. Sure. You know, maybe I can't do the 100% keto, right. you know, 
diet like the next person could do, but maybe I can do it 75. You well, maybe I mean? you could stop eating. Always I mean, try and do. Uh, what's her name? Nina Teicholtz is a health medical journalist, deep, deep dive researcher. She's published, uh, she's very well published. Uh, but she wrote the, uh, the best-selling book, Big Fat Surprise, the truth about the fats industry and everything else. But right, right, some, right, it's right. okay, maybe you can't cut all the sugars out, right? Like you said, the whole keto thing. But then the other big thing that we don't talk about is things like seed oils, right? The inflammatory, these inflammatory things. Now, granted, we're just talking about what we put in our mouths. And breast That's a big healthy lifestyle choice. You are a hundred percent. You hit a nail there. Yeah. Because for that, this particular type of cancer, lymphedema and swelling, is um, an issue that plagues women. And you know the and with that, not to take this too far in the other direction, but it's a, it's an issue that I'm feeling very sensitive personally right now. Okay. Is all the body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. issues that um you know most cancers um you just you you go through the treatment and you're you're skeletal i mean you just look oh sure, sure. you know but breast cancer is different it's 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 a hidden factor that a lot of women are plagued with weight gain they're plagued with 75 percent divorce rate it miswires your hormones is what i've researched yes you, I, I'm trying to be is, is very, very progressive, very progressive. I'm, I'm, I'm really not my wife, that. but I'm like, I'm a geek about this stuff. So. I love your geekum. <laughs> is that uh, I, I like I, that I, geekum. Well, I like making it up. So. I like it. I like Go it. Go there. I'll make it up a word. <laughs> but um, but this I is think what we all need to be to have that positive feeling that you have. Yeah. Your, um, I, I've, when I met my wife, felt- she doesn't do half the stuff I do. Like yeah, she's, her, she's because she's very medically wired. Yes. So I, I finally, it took a few years of dating and pulling my head out of my butt to realize like, okay, except where she's at in medical genius world, I'll well, just let her observe my healthy lifestyle choices. And then maybe she'll just slowly, you know, absorb and take in what I'm doing in the kitchen and in other right. areas of my life, which she has, she still hasn't hundred percent done what I do, but it's like, you're not going to tell a very smart person what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, the thing is, if you tell anybody what to do mm-hmm. instead of share or ask, yes. you're going to get nowhere. Well, that comes back to your advocacy so, for yourself, yeah, but then what you can do and, yeah. and so on and so but forth. What you're doing, what you're and speaking. You make your life matter. Yes. You know what I mean? If it's, you just make it organic, Mm -hmm. you make, and I'm not talking about food. I'm just talking about your life choices can become organic and you make it matter because you know what I say a lot of times in my speeches and I have a speech coming up and this is one of the things that I'm going to address because we're all so wrapped into saving for our retirement Mm. that we forget to look up. What about today? I love it. You know, enjoy today. I'm not saying you're, people Vicky, don't you're lying save for with retirement. Me. Don't please you, save for retirement. You're so but fired up into my brand right now. It's not even funny. Like, well, I so get you. Yeah. Because, because it's like, dude, know. I when I met my wife, just exactly what you're saying. I was like, hey, she, her father was is a retired successful CFO and like, yeah, uh, full blown accountant. So he's financially wired yeah. and very conservative with his savings. And I mean, granted. Right. They're living very well in the retirement. But like a few years ago, we both went to South Africa together. Her family didn't even, her parents had never been to South Africa. They went the year later. So they have, they're now catching up to us. 
And we're way yeah, younger. Yeah, priorities are different. Because I told her that. I was like, baby, you work so hard. You have so much invested and saved and yada, yada, yada. She, her, her financial world's way better than mine. I have no problem telling people that. I have, but that doesn't matter. You're a team. I was like, I would so rather live today yeah. than yeah. be, I have, what was the slogan I used to say years ago? Oh, I would rather live today than have millions of dollars in investments and yada, 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 and be stuck on a hospital bed because I'm old, decrepit, and unhealthy, and I can't live my life with this supposed investment in my future. Let's invest in the future. I believe in that, right? Yeah, because there's invest a in today. medium. So, you know, you make, you make, um, you know, you 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 balance your choices. <laughs> it's it's a it's a lifestyle yeah. balance. Well, that's part and of my. It's it's in my book. Wanna... From one author to another, you know. So you want to be a hotshot. I served out west as a hotshot wildland firefighter. So when you see these wildfires, like we were like the special forces of. While like they sent us into the crazy shit. So I decided to leave my corporate life to go do that for a couple of years. And people yeah. thought I was crazy. They're like, you're helping people. What are you doing? It's so, it's so, isn't it so rewarding? And it was. Now, granted, I had to completely change my life. I gave away all my possessions. It's all in the book. And that's for charity. And people who listen to the show know and that. your younger years, five years right. younger. Well, they called it. me old man. I was already 31. They called me the old guy. And I was like, I'm yeah, only... Jay. 31. Like, why are you doing this? You know, this is like 18 to 24. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm kicking your butt in workouts and we're all serving and risking our lives together. So it doesn't matter at the age now. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah. And I was like, and now I'm back. I'm making more money than I've ever done. I'm in my forties and I have these stories to look back on. You have the support of, of your partner. Yeah. And so together, you can cut back a little of each of you so that you can still accomplish today and then accomplish tomorrow. Well, you and your slogan, uh, I'll take it out of one of your, your bullet points here. I love it. Um, is, is she and I can help ignite each other's lives because one of your little statements here is the mind, you need that mindset is needed to ignite your life and be cancer. Right. But why not just ignite your life and live your life? And right. that's why fire is right. in all what my am I fighting? Yeah. Why are we fighting? You know, if I, how can I put this? You know, sometimes I put this into words awkwardly, but everything hurts on my body. Okay. I've been getting chemo for 12 years. Oh God, you've like, got the chronic pain from that. That, yeah. that, that that's eating away at my body. You said 12 you know, years no now? Matter, 12 years. So the positive things that I'm doing, you know, I can't, it, it, there's only so much I can, I can do. Okay. Sure. So that's it. You know, that's just my lot in life. That's how it goes. But if I spend every day in bed complaining about all the pain that I was in, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Why, why did I fight so hard to live? Good point. Um, I'm, I'm disrespecting myself. What are you going to do with that time? Yes. Which I'm is where, where your book and your speaking I'm comes disrespecting in. disrespecting my fight. I'm yeah. disrespecting my value system. I'm disrespecting everything by not enjoying today, this minute, this second, here and now. Let, let's pause <laughs> on that. Yeah. Why, why do you think... I love hearing people's perspectives on this question because you, you've already kind of answered it, but it's like, okay, why do you feel people, so many of us, well, I, I mean, let me narrow that. So many of us in this country full of freedoms that we have, because if you mm -hmm. go to other countries, you don't get this issue. My wife just right. got back from, uh, I forget, uh, some countries she took a trip to in Europe. I'm blanking on it right now. Croatia. And oh. 
right near where the Bosnian-Serbian war was a few years ago. Right. And right. I'll say what this, this guy told her, and then you'll know where I'm going with this question. Guy was a former soldier. Most of those people in that world, they had to become soldiers, whether they liked it or not. He told her mm -hmm. a little, little, yeah. little statistic. He goes, well, back during that time, any man in his 20s, if you stepped out your door, you were dead within 12 minutes. Mm. That was the lifestyle of the Bosnian-Serbian war. You had, a, you had, that, you had like 80% chance of death, right? So you're living in that world, right? He's like, yeah, so I don't, he's like, he's like, we really don't understand your, your, you Americans, right? Because like, you guys are worried about so much crap. Where, and he wasn't trying to degrade us. He was just saying like, and he's like, this is what we lived with. And he's like, right now, we're just trying to work to, he's like, because their, their economy is a mess. He's like, we're just ha hopefully, hopefully to make enough money to cover our expensive rent and then have money for food. We don't have right. time to worry about TV and blah, blah, blah. So one of my point here is like, why do you think so many of us in this country, it takes a near-death experience, mm -hmm. right? To get to where obviously you're at. And yeah. maybe that happened for you too. Maybe that's part of the background here. Is like, unfortunately, it, it took breast cancer. I died. Cancer. Yeah, I died. I'm a, I'm, I'm a different Vicky. Yeah. Why? I'm not, why? I'm not. I died. What do you tell people? Because you do so much motivational speaking. What is that yeah. part of your underlying uh, points of contact to your your audience is to help them? Well, it is. Be aware it, is of that? it is. You know, because um, you know, you say, "Oh, why listen to me?" And well, you don't necessarily have to listen to me. But when you do have a near-death experience, it does give you insight. It oh, yeah. truly does that no others have. And when you and uh, you know when you drop into the abyss, and you personally are responsible for lifting yourself out, mm. how can you not share that knowledge with others? I agree. How can you not be responsible for? the other lives and the knowledge that you now have been given by God. Mm. Really? I mean, and, and I don't say it in a religious tone. I say it in a spiritual tone sure. because it's a gift and it's what you do with that gift. Yeah, you're making my hair stand up on my arm right now because for me just now, like I, I knew what you were going to answer with, but like I, that's why I asked people the question because it, it, it ignites something in me. And then I personally just connected back, obviously, Again, this is, I I didn't beat cancer. You you did, but like this choosing to do choosing it. to do the firefighting right. That was one of the most I didn't even know at the time that was one of the most dangerous jobs on the planet. That specific profession, being a hotshot, yeah. didn't know I didn't care. I was an adrenaline junkie, and then right. I'm, I, I spent years telling the yeah, stories. Yeah, had a helicopter still, so that yeah. Doesn't and and people are like, and the wife's like, if you love us so much, why don't you write a book? And I'm like, huh, I didn't plan on writing a book, so I wrote a book last year. And I, I was like, okay, and then I realized either. why. What is the legacy that we're leaving behind on this planet? That's what ignited that in me because in 2013, one of my fellow Arizona-based crews uh, was completely burned over. 19 of the 20 men were, were killed in action. That mm -hmm. Their base was only an hour and a half from mine. The hair still stands up when I talk about them. The Grand Mountain Hotshots. A movie's been made about that called Only the Brave with some big actors in it. I've seen it. So that, yeah, like my wife's like, hey, when that movie came out, she's like, do you want to go watch that? I'm like, not really. And yeah. Then I yeah, finally agreed, that's... and that was one of the first times she saw me just break down and cry trying to sit there and watch that in the theater because it hit me in so many different ways. I'm like, well, shit, right. that literally could have been me. I could have died. There was multiple near-death experiences in, in that profession all the time. There's people dying right now. There's two people just died last week. I follow the profession to this day. So it's like right. to your point, it's like 
It shouldn't, it shouldn't take that. Giving others. Yeah, but it shouldn't take that. Like, there's so many of us don't have to reach near-death experiences to get to that point of sharing that you're talking about. Although people who do reach near-death experiences, to your point, right, please reach that point of legacy where you should be passing this on. You should be sharing this with others, which you're doing, obviously. But it's like, but it's the unknown. It's that faith word. Okay. And again, I'm not using that in a religious tone, but I'm saying that's faith. And not everybody has faith within them. And you need faith to be able to look forward. And if you haven't had that life altering situation, how do you take that faith and put yourself into that scenario so that you can move forward the same way? You just really can't. I, I love your word choice. It is true. Like I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a political guy. I'm not a religious guy, but throw fine. Throw the religion out the window. You want, you want to call it agnostic, whatever. Right. But to your point, faith does not have to be a religious term. Faith in yourself, faith in others, right? right? Especially yourself. Right. I, for years, have and always faith talked in your about outcome. That. Absolutely. Like people taking accountability yeah. for their why, their why in life, your why behind your weight loss, the why behind changing your career, the why behind your relationship, whatever it may be, that why, that faith in yourself, that's something that we have to do. No one can do that for us. I've said mm-hmm. that for years when I spent years uh, coaching people in the fitness and the business world. My guys, like, what are you doing today to take accountability for your actions? And people are like, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, I can't help you until you choose to own your shit. Once you own your shit, then, okay, now we can start putting some fuel on the fire, right? Let's find that faith next to carry you when I'm not around, right? I can only coach you so many times, whether it be sports, business, fitness, doesn't matter. But it's like, great, I'll help you when I can, when I'm with you. But okay, now you've got your why. Now we're going to build your faith up and you can carry yourself forward. And so right. many people are not doing that. They're like robots. It's well, they're scared. Yeah, okay, there we go. Fear. Fear. You put fear in front of faith, and uh, that's shuts a, it down. That's, an, that's a real angry uh, combination. And I'll admit it. Like, people tell you, "Oh, you've done some crazy crap." I skydive and stuff. They're like, "So you have no fear?" I'm like, "Incorrect." Yeah, incorrect. Too. I was like, that's, from yeah. when I was a kid, jumping my BMX bike and ripping my knees all apart. <laughs> It's like mm-hmm. the only difference between me and other people's, I, I love to use this term, is that we're just at a different place in the timeline. So I'd love to hear mm-hmm. what you say on this because, guys, ladies, gentlemen, doesn't matter what you're hearing. This is like you just haven't experienced enough breakthroughs yet. That's why you have to keep getting over these little hurdles one at a time. The bigger the fear, the big, the easier it gets. You, but you risk always and have fear, fear are, are negotiable. Okay. Like – I don't think risk has to be, you know, hella padding out of the airplane. Sure. Risk to somebody else could be stepping out the door that day. Mm. That could be their their true risk. So I, I you know, or, risk or rush, rushing out of a hospital to go back to your hotel to heal up with your family. <laughs> That, yeah. that, that might have been considered risky to a lot of people. Exactly. So I, I think that we want to clarify that a little yes, bit. Please. Because... Um, not everybody has to be an adrenaline junkie I agree. to um, to uh, submit to faith or to risk or to um, not be scared. Mm-hmm. Just because you choose not to break every bone in your body doesn't mean you were scared <laughs> to do that. It could just mean you're a jackass. That wasn't, you know, <laughs> you know. But but what it does mean is. Then choose your poison. Don't go through life without risk. 
I agree. Whatever that risk might be to you, like I said, for to, to somebody, it could be they could be an agoraphobic. You could be literally stepping that foot out the door. Oh, absolutely. You know, risk is it. You know, I I, I agree where you're going with, with this. Yeah, you know, I, I, that's why I told people for years <laughs> when they get the book and they say they love it. I'm like, oh man, oh, I, I can never do what you did. I'm like, I didn't ask you to do what I did. I barely did what I did. Yeah, right? there you go. And it's there like no, 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 no. The underlying right. principles in here is right. to is to embrace your fear. What is scaring there you to do something go. better tomorrow? Or to your point, right. this morning, getting out of bed and and going to that new job. Or maybe you maybe you hate your job right. and you eventually want to find a way to get out of it. But what you got to do first is start putting in that work, get, start working through those fears to move on from that job. Because so many people hate their jobs, right? So it's like, fine. Then work on building the fundamentals you need to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to go quit tomorrow. That's risky. That's risky. Don't get don't don't go quit tomorrow. Build the fundamentals needed to build you beyond that job and then help you escape tomorrow. Right. So But respect yourself enough to to do that. Choose better. Yeah. Yeah. Like I tell people all the time, there's a every fire we went into, every division we were assigned to, there is a basic fundamental. You must. You have to have two escape routes set up at two safety zones. You don't go into that fire line to start building it and if building that fire break unless you have two ways of escape and two safety zones to stage in in case, God forbid, something blows up around you. So we even as professionals had two ways out. So I, I tell people like, I have a chapter on that. I'm like, how can you apply that to your life? That that that's severely yep. that your risks go down. That should help you yeah. get over some fears. Okay, I got some escape routes. I got some, right. I got a backup plan. Right. That That's should help right. bring down some of that fear. I would hope. Yeah. Yeah. So. I always call it the five step ahead plan. Okay. I think five steps ahead. I like and that. that and that doesn't mean I, I think about it in a, um, a, a it, it's a thoughtful way of looking at things. It's not a overanalyzing. Would you consider way. yourself a planner then or? You just um, like the idea of thinking only ahead. yes and only yes and no. Okay. Um, you know, when you're told to go home and get your affairs in order, mm. you are that is a lot in life that sticks to you. I mean, that sticks to you like glue. That's very and helpful that's, statement. It's really hard to get off. And so what happens is it shapes certain things. So, you know, maybe I'm brave in this way and that way you'll see that. But it's not really the case. It's not about bravery. It's just about moving one step forward. And however that looks to you, um, then, you know, then tie the shoe and then move the other step forward. You know, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying. So it. Well, it, yeah, planning five steps ahead. If I don't tie the shoe, I might trip over my own shoelaces. So maybe in my plan, I should right. at least tie the shoes before I take that right. next step. Because you know, you want to be successful at least. I mean, why not? Even in your organic, you know, like I choose to help organically somebody at least every single day. Nice. Okay, um, but. You know, whether I was or was not, who's who's to say that I'm successful at that? I'm to say whether I'm successful uh -huh. at that. Now, you can say, no, it's those people that you organically help. They're the ones to say whether you were successful at that. And no, no. Like did it that. feed your soul? You know, did you... Did you like yourself today? You know, did you look in the mirror? Did you, you know, not say something nasty about yourself? I like that point too. There's also that that piece of besides 
getting of owning your fears and working through them. It's, there's also that piece of forgiving yourself, right? So everybody's yeah. going to have a bad day. You're going to make yeah. a wrong decision. I remind people about back to fear, right? So it's like, if you're afraid to make a decision because you're afraid to make a mistake, you're actually holding yourself back from future success because that's where all the growth comes from. If we don't make mistakes, how are we supposed to grow from them? Like I make the joke, we're not we're not human pa- uh, parents, we're, we're, we're doggy fear. parents, right? But people babies like, don't have fear. Right, so that's, but my, my point on beyond babies yeah. is, is parents, right? The, some of the modern right. parents today, there's well, the two slogans of helicopter. Discussion. Yeah. And then there's yeah. the, do you know about the lawnmower? Well, you mean the choose every like the muncher type of? No, no, no. So there's the there's the helicopter parent who's always hovering, like keeping oh, eye on the kids. Well, that that I. And then familiar. last year I learned tiger. about the lawnmower parent. The lawnmower parent, they're the ones that just mow I'll everything mow down over. in front of that kid. Oh no, you like, over. <laughs> that's it. Like my kid is never going to have an obstacle ever. Like some of these like famous actresses and actresses that that were caught like paying yeah. off college people. It's like like that's a lawnmower yeah. parent right there. Like okay, I'm going to pay off. A, a person in charge of college admissions to get my kid into that school. Like, yes. oh, that's a long So helping that kid, right? It's <laughs> really... more like a bulldozer actually, but <laughs> right. Like, but it's like, have... you have to allow them. You have to, you have to, life is about struggle. You could speak yeah. to this so much. You, you obviously do. You're a motivational speaker, but it's like, you have to be challenged. We have to grow from these things. Yeah. 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 I mean, because what's the point? Right. Otherwise, um, and you don't grow for others. You grow for you. That's mm. the big difference. Well, because if that you grow for you, then that growth then allows you to help others. Right. Exactly. You can stand on your own so, two feet so much stronger. Yeah. I told you I'm looking forward know, to this like, podcast you know. today. I was like, <laughs> we're going to be, we're going to be vibing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because I get you talk again. <laughs> I get you. It's no, this is great. Yeah, because, I get you too. Again, ladies and gentlemen, she and I did not meet prior to today at all. Like I haven't even, no, I haven't even didn't. read the whole book yet, for God's sakes. But it's like, <laughs> and again, if this was five years ago, I don't know if and you and I'd be Everybody, please read the book. Right, Tell I am the one. Yeah, the <laughs> exactly. Again, I am the one.com, people. Uh, but it's, I think that's something, like, for example, I tell people about putting in the reps. And I'm not referring to gym. I've taken that quote out of the gym world. And I apply it to business. I've applied to sales, applied to marketing. I talked to podcasting. Like if I went back and listened to my first five episodes, almost 400 shows ago, I'm sure they don't sound like this. I mean, heck, if I was back then and I hear it myself now, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, you're all over the place with this girl. But I'm like, no, if you do get off track, you yeah. bring it back yeah. and you make sure that all of the messaging throughout the show aligns for the people that are going to hear this because I agree. you and I are focused on us right now, but everybody else is going to benefit from this conversation. And that's why you're focused, a co-host. We're focused on our conversation, exactly. however. When in our conversation, we've talked about the country. Mm-hmm. We've talked about helping people organically. We talked about um, women and healthcare. Um, so it's not the only rarity that. of even guys like okay. me understanding some of it. <laughs> yeah, which is brilliant. <laughs> women should understand. You have a very lucky, fortunate wife. So you know, uh, I mean, these things are important. And they're benefiting others, but we didn't. Yeah, we didn't ask that to yeah, come out of the show. Not today. only about us. Yeah. How about that? But that's the beauty of this. Is why I love podcasting. Uh, it's yeah. I. I missed a lot of podcasting this past year because I was to get that book done. Like I can. I only. I'm right. trying to run a company. This it took a long time. It's like okay, yeah. you know what? Let me it's take amazing. a slight hiatus from the podcast. It's I got almost 400 shows already online. Let me just. Mm-hmm. Let let it ride for a little bit. I'll slap an extra show here and there once in a while, but we had a lot of content out there. Let's get the book done. And right. I felt guilty at first. 
And then I was talking to some of my fellow podcast author friends, and you're you're obviously get on podcasts, and you're an author, and you might be interested to hear your opinion. But I was like, they're like Scott, why do you feel guilty? Like, look at how much look how much messages you've already put out there, and now you're working on a big project to get a bigger message out there. Like, and you're not yeah. saying you're going to quit the podcast. I was like, no, no. like so you're just taking a no. hiatus. He's like, you're a human being, bro. Like, it's okay. <laughs> you know, I think that. I didn't set out to write a book either, but you know, as you're talking about it, I think the books are important. You know, you can come back to the podcast, mm -hmm. but you can never come back to. I mean, the book. Once you know, it's ready to come out, you got to you got to get it, it out. You you want to stick with it because the story changes if you expand the time to too long yes. um, when I think when you're writing the book. So then you find that your book becomes a little bit more disjointed. And, and you need I a really think, good editor, which I did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. How much do we appreciate our editors? I know. <laughs> they're, well, they're, I they're talent. I edited mine all myself the oh, first time. And then I hired somebody to edit it because, you know, I was just very passionate about it. Yeah. Um, well, you know, when I started my book, I had no memory of what I'd done, what I had physically gone through. I had wow. some of the day-to-day -day stuff, but I had no recollection of some of the metaphysical things that I did, some of the other things that I did. I had no memory of what I did to get from point A to point B. Is this all a big fog? Mm -hmm. Now, is that because know, of the treatment or just because you're... No, I think that your, your, mind, your mental mental blockers came on. I think there's just things that I wasn't able to absorb. I couldn't take it. There was too much coming at me. You're and your mind, you know, is a kind place. It gives you time to get there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for me, it took 10 years. But I've heard about this before. People like when you reach a point of oversaturation, overload of stimuli, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You're, mm -hmm. It's just like the body, right? If the body is physically overwhelmed with something, it's going to yeah. focus on saving itself, right? So... Like even let's say you're trapped out in, in the outdoors, right? There's certain things that are going to shut down to try and protect the organs, right? Keep the body alive. I think the same thing goes for the brain, right? It's like, whoa, there's all this stuff happening. Let me focus on only a couple of things because she's in survivor mode right now. So a lot of this other stuff, you just, you just didn't even realize you were doing it because you were in right. survivor mode. Right. But it's cool. Well, you and know, actually healing mode, survivor and healing mode. So hundred percent. Yeah. 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 So, you know, everything comes in its time, you know, just to swing this all around with faith. Yes. I, I actually love that you brought that into today's show because, and again, we're at the top of the hour, so I want to respect your time too. But like that faith in ourselves, you have a couple minutes to bring, to bring it to a close? Yeah, cool. Yeah, of course. So, of course. I, honestly, like there's a lot of things I want to title the show today, but I think that's that's something that's going to be definitely in the show show's branding and title for us because faith in ourselves is something that is talked about a lot social media, people's email campaigns, whatever you want to look at. But your messaging, your book, you know, I am the one.com people like that's yeah. Beating cancer is already a powerful message, but if you, you're just passing on the simplicity of that alone, that alone can inspire and motivate so many people having faith in themselves to get over these little daily hurdles that can turn into weekly successes, monthly successes, annual successes. And it does not have to be cancer. That's a no, powerful takeaway. No, it does not have to be cancer. That's a powerful oh, takeaway. It can be just that small step outside your front door, like we said before. Yeah. It doesn't have to be cancer. It could be holding a child's hand, crossing the street. I mean, there's just so many 
little, I, you know, I mean, I just talk about the little things in life and appreciating the small to the large and really, and and not um, rating them. Well, you know, you don't rate the small and the large and say, you know, one is better than the other. I like that too. They're all wins, right? Let's look at that. Yeah. Positive mindset. So again, earlier in the show, we're talking about advocacy. We're talking about positive mindset, igniting your life. We're talking about faith now. So this is a great sum up. This is where I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to toss you that ball. So you could, you could send it home, baseball, whatever home run here. (laughs) I do ask my guest co-host to help close out the show. Right. So we hit on so many amazing things and I don't Mm -hmm. want to diminish any of them, but if people were on mental sensory overload, right? From all the great things we shared today. How would you like to sum it up? What would be a final legacy message or something behind everything you're doing and everything you did on today's show? What what would you like to kind of close it out with? What's an important way for you? I can say a couple things, but you know, I have this really crazy motto that I made up. I like mottos. When I first got sick and I said it and it came from, it was born out of truth. It was born out of my own honesty. And what I said was, you know, I really am the luckiest girl around, but I just happen to have cancer. That's it. Why, why does one have to take from the other? I like that. I'm just me and all of all the parts of me. I like and that. I'm very lucky to be who I am. Well, it tells me you don't, you're not letting cancer solely define you. Right. No, it just I so know. happens to be a long for no, the No, but cancer has been my gift. Sure. Cancer's given me a voice. Cancer. Well, darn girl, stage four, go home, get your fares. And it's 12 <laughs> years later. Granted, you're still getting treatment, but I, yeah. think, I, I think you're, I think you're owning it. I mean, <laughs> I'm the, the last 12 years have been, I've lived differently than the 12 years prior to that. Not that the 12 years prior to that are regrettable I I say I lived them wrong. I would never discount no that. Yeah. But these last twelve, I got to know a different Vicky. I like that. I like her. Well, I love the fact you kind of hinted there. There should never be regrets. I've I've said the same thing. Never regret the challenges you've boring. already gone through. Right? Regrets are kind of boring yeah. and passive. Well, plus, yeah. we've gone through these things in life for a reason to make us yeah. who we are today and moving forward. Yeah. You just can't embrace them. Yeah. Just embrace them. You know, it's just kind of like a mistake. You like know, it. you just embrace it so that you can move forward um, because those are the things that hold you back. And that's can be, that can be poisonous. Well said, Vicki. Listen, hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Okay. Ladies Good. and gentlemen, I'm going to th- throw in one more last screen share for the video feed when this goes up on the YouTube, Facebook world. But obviously, again, I am the one.com. And I obviously get the book. Okay. I already got it. I just got to finish reading it. Okay. So I am the one. And I'll, by the yeah. way, she tossed this in there. I'm going to make sure the link is in the show notes because I love nonprofit initiatives. Right. So lunge for healthcare. So lunge, like lunging, because mm-hmm. I love workouts, lungeforhealthcare.org. Check that out too. Okay. I love the messaging. I love what she stands for. She's left behind some great final words for you all. So again, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. I think Vicki. Knocked it out of the ballpark today. She's definitely a health advocate. She's definitely a lifestyle advocate. And all of these things also can help you in your business choices as well. So thanks for tuning in. And remember, you two can live the fuel. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye. Recording stopped.